Welcome to the Weekend Warriors podcast, where coffee, beer, appetizers, and football is a new unwritten holiday. I am your host, Mike Humes, aka Big Money Mike, and I'm joined alongside with Eddie Quinones. It is a pleasure to be here on a week two. Thank you guys for tuning in. Cool, cool. Eddie, how was your week? Not too bad. Uh, we were just talking about this before. In terms of fantasy, it's uh, my emotions are kind of all over the place. In some leagues, I'm killing it undefeated. Some leagues, I'm 0-4 because the league median. So it's, uh, it's a little bit all over the place this year. But so far, not too bad. How about yourself? Oh, busy. Busy for sure. I got a new car. Um, and like you said, fantasy's just been all up and down this whole week i won big in my dynasty league which that's a huge buy-in so hey let's keep that rolling yeah man i just busy week all in all yeah and it's kind of crazy there's a a few managers that i've been speaking to that have increased their workload in terms of fantasy leagues um going from maybe two to three to like six and what i'm experiencing is something that i've noticed that a lot of people are experiencing in those other leagues you know some of those leagues are absolutely murdering it and then in, in some of your other leagues, it's it's been tailing off and, and not doing as great. So it's something that I, I've been noticing so far with a few other managers as well. Yeah, I think that's a big reason why I do so many. It's just because if I only do maybe one or two and I suck in both of them, then fantasy is just not fun. Yeah. But if you can have that back burner like, oh, hey, you know, this one team or this mm-hmm. other team is doing really well, then it makes it more interesting and then you can kind of just – you know, go from there. But when Eddie was mentioning the league median, our league doesn't do that. It's a possibility we might do that next year. It's basically just another way of getting a, a win or a loss on your record. It's the, what is it again? It's like the combination it's of of the. Let's say you have twelve teams. It's a twelve team league. It is a combination of the sixth highest scoring team and the seventh highest scoring team. You add those two up, divide them by two. And that number right there is your league median. The top six teams scoring in the league for the week get a win. The bottom six get a loss. So that really helps in terms of, let's say, if you have a – you play this week and you put up 180 points, but your opponent puts up 190. Well, mm. you shouldn't just get a single loss for that, considering that you were probably the second highest scoring team in the league. So what the league median does is it benefits you, and it gives you a win and a loss. Um, so over uh, the entire season – it kind of helps balance out teams that have just had unlucky schedules. They'll be sitting anywhere between six, five, or maybe even seven, depending on how things pan out. Um, but it really helps the entire league stay a little bit more competitive uh, in terms of points for. So, yeah, it's definitely something uh, we might get into next season. Uh, I'll probably just put out a vote at the end and, you know, we can. I, like how Eddie mentioned, it can be extremely beneficial, especially if you've got a good team and you're playing a tough schedule. So mm-hmm. anyway, on that note, uh, let's go over week two a little bit. Um, up and down week. Uh, Eddie, after the move uh, trade we made, didn't really help us in terms of a win. But I expect hopefully that the trade we made will pan out. So We'll just kind of briefly go over some of the matchups. First matchup is myself versus a draft tier member, a.k.a. Sean. And Sean absolutely kicked my ass. Teddy Bridgewater 
he seems to be a real deal. Uh, but this is a common theme I think we've seen with Teddy. You know, he can have really big weeks in the beginning of the year, and then he might fall off. I know he did that in Carolina, but right now Denver looks to be a really good team, so we'll see about that one. Any talks on that? Yeah, I think it was just a uh, a lopsided affair coming yeah. into the week. You, obviously, you had some players underperform. It's kind of unfortunate. Um yeah. You know, some of the, like Antonio Brown, 2.7 points. That's extremely mm-hmm. unfortunate. Uh, Chase Claypool under 10 points. Obviously, Saquon's going to stay under the weather for at least a couple more weeks. And then as he gets kind of reintroduced into that offense and, and they use him a little bit more, I think it'll help him out a lot. And it also doesn't help that you had a 20-point J.D. McKissick performance sitting on the bench. But nobody could have predicted that one. So No. No, I mean, hey, look, Sean had the second highest scoring. Um, good on him. So move on. We have Unicorns and Rainbow versus SC Harris, meaning Nick and Benny Harris. And Nick pulled off the win by a solid 10 points. Kyler Murray, man. I am every day, I am regretting this more and more. Whenever in my one league, I traded him straight up for Josh Allen. And wow, am I regretting that? Yeah, I mean, Kyler Murray coming into the year was my number two ranked quarterback. Um, and obviously, I wasn't in, in a tremendous position to be able to draft him. Uh, I'm pretty certain he was taken before it, it was even my turn to pick. Um, so it, it, Kyler Murray is absolutely killing it. I'm happy I at least have him in one of my leagues. It's a dynasty league, so that makes up for it a little bit. But he has yeah. been going crazy. Yeah, I would definitely say between him and Tom Brady, they're the early MVP favorites, no question on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Nick, he's got the best combination of quarterbacks, Murray and Allen, even with the underperformance of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who I'm going to talk about a little bit more later. But, hey, man, if those quarterbacks are putting up numbers the way they are, then Nick's going to be in a good spot pretty much all season long. Yeah, I mean, it, and to be honest – he honestly had a very poor performance last week uh, in terms oh, yeah. of total points. I mean, the Cardinals negative two, LaVisca Chanel 1.7, uh, Clyde had 2.6, uh, Kenny Galladay with a 6.8. He only put up a measly 118 points, mm-hmm. um, but his matchup was favorable considering right, right. C. Harris only put up 108.44 points. Um so yeah, I do think he he'll be in a good in a good spot. I think there's just a few pieces that might need to get worked out a little bit. Um, yeah. But so far, the schedule has really been in his favor, for sure. And my apologies, Sean was not the second highest scorer. Um, my dad Todd was the second highest scorer. Getting into the next matchup, he had a great week, big time performances by his guys versus you, Eddie. Eddie, I mean, look, you put up a good week, but he just put up a much better week. (laughs) Yes, he did. Aaron Jones is the Aaron Jones I think we all thought he was. Tom Brady looks like he's drinking fine wine on Bora Bora. Man, I mean, it is what it is. Tyler Lockett's just been on fire, too. So Yes, he has. He's just been going off. I just think, uh, obviously, some unfortunate matchups for me. Uh, the week one, I had 178 points dropped on my head. And then week two, I had 172.9 points dropped on my head. So, some tough matchups. But I think uh, Tom, to me, his team looks 
tremendous. Obviously, that uh, Todd, my apologies. Here's His it. team looks tremendous. Uh, the Aaron Jones performance, while it is amazing, is it sustainable? Obviously, he put up 41 points. Uh, Tyler right. Lockett put up 31 points. Uh, some big-time performances by some players. Um, we'll see where kind of that balance is out. But still, I think Aaron Jones turned a lot of heads last week, especially mm. considering the entire Green Bay Packers offense week one was horrible. So, yeah. Next matchup, our closest matchup, we had Dylan Gerlach versus Dakota, roommates with each other. Super close. I think all in all, we're talking maybe a little less than two points. Um, Dylan, you know, he his flex spots came in really well for him. Brandon Cooks and Hollywood Brown. Brandon Cooks looks to be, you know, the clear and obvious number one receiver. You know, we'll see how he connects with new rookie quarterback David Mills. But, you know, overall, man, I mean, good performance, good matchup. Uh, both their RB1s underperformed tremendously. Mm-hmm. So all I can really say is that both teams are pretty built well as a whole all around. If their RB1s and twos can – step up a little bit, I mean, I think they're in a good spot, no question. Yeah, I mean, they both had some tremendous performances by some other players, and if you really look at it, I mean, they put up 145, 147, respectively, with some performances from some players that were underwhelming. Dak had seven points. Um, Miles had 6.9 points. A.J. Brown had seven points. And Trevor Lawrence had 6.8 points. Um, Yeah. Very underwhelming performances from those players, but they still put up 147 points. Um, so they they both have some really strong teams just in general from top to bottom, and their depth is really good. So I do expect mm-hmm. them to kind of keep this this train rolling and, and scoring very well throughout the league. It was a great matchup, though. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next matchup, we had an absolute washout. <laughs> Bad Fantasy versus Team Thanks a lot. Uh, Nate and Dylan. Nate with his new QB1, Jameis Winston, where I'll talk about the trade that happened with him. Looked like he... I I don't think that this is necessarily Winston's Winston's floor, as Carolina's defense looks to be a lot better than we thought. Um, But I think you're going to see right around the middle of this week versus week one as to where Winston's really going to be. Um, but it really didn't matter, man. I mean, Cooper Cup, he had a monster game. Lamar Jackson had a huge game. Kelsey's just probably outside of Christian McCaffrey, maybe the most consistent big performer in fantasy football. So that was even if Dylan's team tried to even get a hard on and try to move, you know, I don't think yeah. it's tough to beat that combination. And you know, talking to Dylan's team, Tyreek Hill's not going to really score 5.9 points on a week. Very often. Basis. Yeah, no. No. But Corey Davis, you know, when you have any New York Jets players, this is going to be something. A risk. It could be a theme. I mean, New England's defense is very prone to just making rookie quarterbacks uncomfortable. But I think that regardless of what defense you play, this could just be a common trend. That's why I just didn't – outside of Corey Davis, I'm not touching any Jets players. And I mean, and Corey Davis is even a stretch to me. Uh, obviously, yeah. he had a great week one, but 
the guy throwing him the ball is awful. He did not yeah. do very well. He can't get the ball to him. He obviously – now, if you look at that offensive line, there's a clip out there. That offensive line is just absolutely horrible. Um, that entire team just stinks. So, it was unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, he had 71 points, um, which I think will be our all-time low for the year. I think that's probably the lowest anyone will score. Um, sure. He barely scratched, I want to say, 15 points with a combination of like six or seven players. So yeah. it was it was a rough week for him. Definitely hard, especially coming off of a week one victory where he put up, I believe, 172 points. Mm. Um, scored 100 less points in the following week. I mean, those are the ups and downs of fantasy, but definitely a tough week. For sure, for sure. Last matchup, we have Scott versus Jacob, team knockup. Oh, my God, Scott, you drive me wild. He <laughs> told me this on the phone too, too earlier. And uh, Team Naka Kappa, we're just going to go with that, versus Chase Young Kids. And, wow, did Jacob have a big week, huh? Oh, my God, 192 points, and almost that's 93. A, right, and that's with a hurt to a Tiger Royal early in the game. I mean, he just got Derrick Henry, and I knew whenever I moved him that Derrick Henry had these – games that he can't have I just didn't expect this and now with pairing with Christian McCaffrey I mean I think it's safe to say that Jacob has the best running back combination and I don't think it's even close right now those two are just Aaron Rodgers had a big week all around Jacob had a great week outside of Tua yeah and then Johnny Smith 6.8 6.8 points is uneventful, but for a non-top three or four tight end, um, decent week. Um, yeah. I mean, like you said, Derek Henry with 47.7 points. It's absolutely absurd. Uh, I think McCaffrey's going to be sitting anywhere from 20 to 28 for the rest of the year. I mean, I think that's just where he is. That's where he is. Um, and Rogers kind of came out and showed why he's the man and why should nobody doubt him. Right. Because right, – right. I know I talked about in this matchup prediction, I believe, I can't even remember who I picked to win this week, but I do remember saying um, whoever has a bigger game between Kamara and McCaffrey, I think will carry them over. And Mm -hmm. I mean, hey, look, you know, Jacob did it. So that's our week two. uh, Gosh, it's so early. That's our two week two recap. Anyway. We had some trades, and, of course, I'm involved in every single one of them. Very active week on my part, but let's talk over some trades a little bit. First trade we had was – let me pull it up real quick. First trade we have is me giving up Jameis Winston, Latavius Murray, and Nate gives up Ryan Fitzpatrick, Elijah Moore, and Rashad Bateman. Eddie, what did you – so instead of saying – who won this trade and who lost this trade. I'm going to kind of twist it a little bit. Why don't you give me one reason I should be excited and one reason why I should be a little nervous about it? I will start with the nervous. Um, yeah. And That's I think the more obvious. And it's obviously there's two pieces to this that make me a little nervous. Um, and it's actually – Ryan Fitzpatrick, 
obviously with mm-hmm. the injury and, and him just being injured is a little nerve wracking. We don't know when he comes back, if he's going to play or not. Heineke is absolutely killing it. Um, and he's been playing pretty well. So that makes me nervous. And then again, Elijah Moore, just on the Jets team, any Jets mm-hmm. player is eh to me. So mm-hmm. um, I think one thing to be decided for is one of the reasons you're actually nervous for is Elijah Moore himself. Um, mm-hmm. I think he has a lot of potential. I think he can really make a difference on that Jets team. Again, it's just whether they they figure out that that quarterback situation and um, Wilson just needs to play better. And uh, another one that I want to mention is Rashad Bateman with uh, – I think he has a lot of possibility. I think he's a little bit slept on on that Ravens team. They don't necessarily have a – Obviously, they have Hollywood Brown, who's been turning it around. But after that, I think it's just anyone's anyone's ball in that receiving core. So I think Bateman does have a, have some potential. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a huge trade by any means mm-hmm. necessary. I think the big reason why it happened is Nate wanted to upgrade his, you know, his QB room. Mm-hmm. And Winston had a huge week one. And I think everybody got very excited over his big week one. But then we kind of saw a little bit of his – Maybe close to his floor week two. I mean, he had his turnovers, which was always an issue with him. Yeah. Um, I think a big thing why I made a move is just because I know what Winston I think is going to be, and I know what Murray's going to be, the handcuff to Tyson Williams, where Elijah Moore and Bateman, I think if the Jets and the Ravens use them right and the season progresses, I think it – isn't a long shot that they can both be their wide receiver ones mm-hmm. down the road. It's a huge risk. I mean, it might not even happen. They might. I think suck, Bateman but... is a little bit more of a question mark in terms of a wide receiver one for their uh, team. Yeah. And just in the league, I think Elijah Moore has a little bit better of a chance. He doesn't have as much competition on that yeah. offense. Um, yeah. But I agree. I think it's I understand the move and I get the move, um, yeah. you know, and in terms of Nate's return on this and what to be excited for, um, I think just Jameis as a whole, obviously he had a down week mm-hmm. last week and he just didn't play very well, but we've seen what him balling out in his ceiling is. I think if he finds a happy median between that, I think it'll be a very successful trade for him in terms of the quarterback upgrade. Um, yeah. If Vincent could find some stability and then I, I'm very high on Latavius Murray. The Ravens have shown the willingness to run the ball with him immediately, and he's only been there for two weeks, and he barely knows the playbook. Um, so I, that right there, that specific player, makes me a little bit excited because uh, I do think that the Ravens will start utilizing him a little bit more, and he has a chance of being their feature back. So, Yeah, I think an underrated thing, too. I, I agree with everything, but me getting Ryan Fitzpatrick almost, I don't want to say it gave me – the opportunity to pick up Tyler Heineke, but I didn't anticipate anybody picking him up. And from what I'm hearing, Washington loves this dude. Oh yeah. And I don't, I don't anticipate Heineke, you know, coming out and being a top 10 quarterback, but I think honestly, man, like he, he does run the ball. He, he throws the ball. Well, I mean, I don't think it's a long shot that he can jump into maybe that top 15 range. It's a, it's, you know, if he gets a little bit more comfortable, Gibson starts playing a little bit better, and then they start playing, you know, the weaker teams. We'll see. I mean, I'm curious. 
I'm not going to start him this week, and I probably won't start him until I get a little bit more comfortable. But cool little piece to have. Yeah, I agree. Next trade, I traded with Nick. I gave up Robert Tunyon and Brian Edwards, and he gave up Michael Pittman. I will just go ahead and say, even though I just moved Pittman yesterday, I think Pittman has pretty big wide receiver one. Wide receiver. Well, I, he's. I think he's the clear wide receiver one in the Colts. But in terms yeah. of fantasy as a whole, I think he's got solid wide receiver three flex positioning. And you know, I already had um, a pretty solid tight end to begin with, um, Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs. It's really a toss up who's the wide receiver one there. Yeah. I wanted to get more of the upside in Pittman. I mean, we all know who the wide receiver one there actually is, and it's it's not actually any of the wide receivers. Right, Darren Long. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. exactly. exactly. So, so I took the shot at a potential wide receiver one on the team. Yeah. Eddie, what did you think? I actually like this move. Um, I think Pittman, again, like you mentioned, he does have that that potential to really be, and I actually think he could be a, a wide receiver too in the league. I don't even think a flex position mm-hmm. will do him justice. I think w- once that offense kind of gets into a rhythm, obviously with once being hurt, we don't really know what Pittman's performance is going to look like this week if Jacob Eason ends up playing. Um, but I think when Wentz is on the field, he is willing to give Pittman the ball. Pittman is a reliable receiver for them. So I do see the ceiling for him kind of being a wide receiver two option. Uh, yeah. And then in terms of what you were giving up with Robert Tunyon and Brian Edwards, again, Edwards, it's, it's unclear outside of Waller who's the main target in that offense. So that's a little bit of a risk there that you just dropped off. And then I yeah. think Robert Tunyon has potential. He's a big uh, red zone target, He's a touchdown guy. Uh, he had a pretty decent week last week, not too bad uh, for a non-top four or five tight end. So Right. I, I, that piece, I think, is a good addition for Nick. Uh, overall, I think you two feel, fulfilled some needs that you needed yeah. uh, to fulfill Absolutely. and added a little bit of depth. So I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I can't really say much more about that one. Um, so getting into the big trades, there's three really big ones. Um, Eddie, we this was a tough trade to make. For <laughs> yeah. Months. You gave up your boy and. I gave up two big-time wideouts, but going over it, I moved Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Eddie, you give up Saquon Barkley, and Will Fuller. Eddie, since you were the one who came to me first, what did you think? You know, I was just looking, had a wide receiver upgrade. My my depth at wide receiver was really thin. Uh, I needed to make some movements. Saquon, I know it's super early in the season, Um uh, but there was just a little too much risk tied to Saquon for my liking. Uh, and while I know that he can very much and very quickly turn his season around and absolutely kill it and, and finish as a top 10 running back this year, um, I just wasn't sure if I wanted to, to take that risk. And I knew that most managers in the league thought of Saquon very highly because their, their willingness to use him this early, uh, the Giants, and, and give him some touches is very – it's a very good outlook for the rest of the year. Um, and Will Fuller, I was actually really high on Will Fuller. Um, again, there was just a little too much risk with him in terms of his playing status and how he was going to come into the 
Miami Dolphins offense and do well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Will Fuller is a very good wide receiver, top wide receiver in the league. Um, I think the suspension kind of hindered him a little bit from actually coming out and being able to perform and getting his stock up even more last year. Um, and again, uh, I'm an LSU boy, and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson are my boys, and it just happened to be that they're LSU players. I think Justin Jefferson has proven that he's a great wide receiver one, uh, and Jamar Chase is on the track to be on that pace. So that's kind of the way that I was looking at it. I actually wasn't looking at Chase originally. It was just something that worked its way into the trade that I liked. How about yourself? Yeah. I mean, I'm waiting for you to get to me about Joe Burrow. Then you can have the whole. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know about that. I, uh, I made a, I made a joke in the group chat about, Hey, if anybody has LSU players hit me up, obviously it was a joke. Well, I had a couple of people (laughs) reach out to me with some serious offers for LSU players. I was like, listen, I was kidding. Not being serious. Just make your tight end Thaddeus Moss, and then you'll be okay. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, this whole trade, I mean, it was tough because, mm-hmm. you know, I really like Just- Justin Jefferson going into the year. Jamar Chase was, you know, I think in most drafts falling because of his preseason struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, week one, he showed, you know what, fuck all of you. I'm going to still be a dog. Yeah. And don't worry. Anytime anybody's on a guest, you can swear. I don't care. <laughs> but, you know, in week two, he had a good performance, too. I think before even seeing um, what he can do week two, um, I knew that his value wasn't – I don't think it's going to get any higher from here now. I think everybody is now just saying, like, okay, Jamar Chase is actually a dog. You know, he's going to be a good, solid wide receiver, too, as a whole, as a, you know, as a fantasy format. Um, but I think I'm, I'm high on running backs, especially top tier running backs. And I think Saquon is going to be that at some point this season. When that's going to be, I really couldn't tell you. You know, he still has his big time runs. He still is very electric when he runs. It's just the whole Giants offense as a whole, you know, with the offensive line issues. How is he oh. going to perform? Yeah, it's – And it's actually, risky. I'm not sure yeah. if it's as risky as most people are making it out to be. I mean, you watched that game last week, and there was protection all over the field. That offense can prove that right. it can bang. Um, so I actually – on the contrary, I know when we made this deal it was – before the game, so a lot of question marks were up in the air. But I think after last week, I think you should be happy kind of mm-hmm. how that game turned out and how that yeah. line is performing. So. I wasn't – even though Saquon didn't put up a huge game, it was nice to see that, you know, he was getting carries, mm-hmm. especially on a short week two. Um, and the whole game as a whole, you know, is very competitive the whole time. Um, I think as the season progresses, he's going to get more – targets in terms of the passing game the offensive line is going to start clicking a little bit more yeah so i'm definitely just to kind of recap really i mean i think all in all this trade was perfect for both of us i definitely sacrificed my wide receiving core out of it but having three big time running backs that i had um is really cool to see and it can help with potential trade values which all in all it did um and Will Fuller, too. I mean, if if he becomes 
the wide receiver one for Miami, that's also a big-time bonus. We've seen Will Fuller have monster games in Houston. Granted, Deshaun Watson was quarterback. Uh, yeah. It's, so it could be a different transition. No question on that. But I think we're going to see somewhere right in the middle of what Will Fuller's floor is and his ceiling. And I think we're going to see a 12 to 15 point Will Fuller. I think pretty consistently throughout the season, as long as, yeah. you know, he stays healthy, he stays out of trouble or whatever. Mm-hmm. Good solid flex play, you know, good insurance of a wide receiver when I gave up two potential wide receiver ones and twos. So, yeah. I think I think we're both going to be pretty happy with the trade as the season goes. Yeah, I agree. So far, I'm pretty happy with the performances. They put up a combined 31 points, which, I mean, it's it's what you, what you can ask for out of those two guys right now. So, pretty yeah. excited. Last trade, and this is between me and Jacob. Uh, I give up Derrick Henry and Henry Ruggs, and Jake gives up Austin Eckler and Brandon Ayuk. And wow, this one um, hurts. Yeah, this one hurts. I think, <laughs> look, before the trade, you know, before Sunday even happened, I was like, you know, hey, this is, uh, I think, a really good trade for both of us. I think Henry is a better running back than Eckler. Um, but Eckler's no slouch as, you know, his own player. And I I think the biggest thing right now that's making Jacob run away with this trade is I, I don't know what to say about Brandon Ayuk, man. Yeah. You know, I saw this thing on Facebook. It was like a meme that it was a quote from Kyle Shanahan that he says, why, why have a fantasy team when you run a real football team? And that, mm-hmm. and I was talking about Brandon Ayuk and I'm like, oh man, like, what does this mean for Ayuk? I don't think he's a bad player. I just, I wish there was a reasoning other than he's dealing with, what is it? A hamstring? Yeah. Hamstring issues are very touchy, though, especially in the NFL. They They linger. But I also think this is there's something more to be said about this just because of the way that Kyle Shanahan, you know, expressed his thoughts Mm -hmm. about Ayuk's uh, underperformance. I don't know if he's in trouble with the team. I don't know if he's missing practices. Nothing's being reported out of that, but he's dressing up and he's playing. So it's if he's hurt. And, he, and this hamstring is really bothering him. Why is he still dressing up? You know. Yeah. But I'll- yeah, I think it'll be. I think it's. It's. Uh, I think this is one of those moves that. Uh, I think personal rankings and values of players. Kind of was clouded, into the decision itself a little bit. It's uh, possible. I mean, I can't yeah. disagree with that. I mean, when I moved up, when I moved Henry Ruggs. And seeing him have a big-time catch against the Steelers, I knew that this is what Henry Ruggs can be. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't think we're going to see that every week. I know he had that Tyreek Hill comparison. He doesn't sniff what Tyreek Hill is, and I don't think he, I don't think he ever will. He's you got, also got to look at who's throwing the ball too. It's true having a Mahomes in the back in the backfield right there throwing you the ball can make a really big difference as to your true. production as a wide receiver. Yeah. So exactly, but. I mean, as a whole, and I'll just wrap it up pretty much from here. Jacob, enjoy King Henry. He's got Christian McCaffrey. It's going to be a big thing. Yeah, he's um, got the number one and two running backs right now. So, no question about that. I mean, yeah. hopefully, Ayuk can 
start being what he was his rookie season. If he doesn't, then this is just a huge landslide and something I'm just going to have a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> yeah, very tough one to swallow. Yeah. Um, hey, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, man. All right. So a few injuries that ha- – big week on injuries, huh? Oh, my God. It, it, like every five minutes, someone was getting hurt. I mean, yeah. the group chats were going crazy just about injuries. Like every, like literally every five, ten minutes, we were posting injury updates. So. Yeah, I mean – not even just fantasy players, C.J. Watt. I guess Deontay Johnson's got a big question mark. I just saw now that T. Higgins is a questionable thing, even though he was totally fine in week two. But anyway, a few injuries that we'll kind of talk about that I think could help potential guys. Um, first one, Jarvis Landry went on the IR, uh, sprained MCL. With the returning Odell Beckham, what does this mean for – owners of Odell Beckham are that should they be excited should they be still cautious has you know like how they drafted them or what do you think I think it's Odell's ceiling only goes up from here and his value only goes up Um, with Jarvis gone there is no number one anymore so with Odell coming back he is the number one Um, yeah and he doesn't have anyone to really contest with in terms of targets on that offense obviously when hunt is on the on the field a little bit maybe uh but i just think odell's fantasy value is going to skyrocket and if i think if he puts up a 14 15 16 point week this upcoming week i think that's a very very good sign for him so oh yeah i agree i mean i don't think cleveland's going to steer away from their bread and butter and that's running the football but like you mentioned, I mean, there's nobody else that's going to really take away from his volume of targets. Mm-hmm. I know Baker likes to throw the ball to a bunch of players. Um, but if you double cover Odell Beckham, you're pretty much just allowing Cleveland to do what they do best, and that's just run the football. I mean, if you're taking away a player like Odell Beckham with a double team, that's just that's what's going to happen. So I think defenses are going to be smart and not do that. I think, like you said, I mean, his value is just only going to go up from here. I think we all know the kind of player that Odell Beckham is. I think he's going to come in hungry. I think he's going to come in on fire. He knows he knows that this is the best team by far that he's ever been on. I still think Cleveland's a very solid built team. Um, yeah, I think it's not a shock that I will, I don't want to say a shock. I don't think it's a big question to say that will Odo Beckham jump into that wide receiver one category like he did in his prime in the New York Giants. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he, that potential is more than there. So, yeah. Next one, Andy Dalton out. Justin Fields is in, and Andy Dalton's going to stay out, in my opinion. Yeah. You don't, you don't start Justin Fields and take him out. I'm excited to see it. We talked about it a little bit week two. I think Fields has a huge ceiling if he gets more and more comfortable each week. I, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think Fields is. The way that the Bears are actually dealing with the situation, I think, is perfect for them. Because yeah. I think any decision that they make at the quarterback position from here on out can be justified. 
either way. I mean, you can't flack him too much. Uh, With Andy Dalton being out, I think Justin Fields has a really good opportunity now to really set himself up and and, and prove people why he was drafted where he was uh, and why the Bears traded up to get him. So I just think overall he's in a really good position. And then if he underperforms, they could just throw Dalton back in because Dalton was the week one starter anyways. So it's not like they're messing too much with the situation. So I think in terms of the Bears situation, it it worked out real well for them. Yeah, and I think with Fields and his quarterback, two guys that jumped to my mind that I think their fantasy value will increase, and that's David Montgomery and Cole Komet. Uh, We've seen rookie quarterbacks. They love their tight ends. I think Komet's going to be a safety blanket. I know Fields likes to throw into that right around that 10-yard range. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he can throw the deep ball very well. But I think just to get more comfortable, I think Matt Nagy is going to give him very easy plays. And I think Cole Komet's going to be that safety blanket for Fields. And with the RPO, I think now that you have another huge running threat in Justin Fields, I think that's only going to help David Montgomery. Yeah. You know, so because now you have to have a player pretty much almost spying fields, making sure he doesn't get outside of the pocket for an RPO or, I mean, his running ability is tremendous. So I'm excited to see it. It'll be a cool thing to watch. No question. Um, Tyrod Taylor, dude, I feel so bad for this man. Yeah, man. It's rough. Like he plays so well, and then just some freak fluke accident happens. Mm-hmm. And I don't – I will say when he comes back, I think he has a good shot of coming back and actually starting again. I don't think David Mills is the answer in Houston. I Yeah, all. I don't think Davis Mills is either. I mean, we'll see. Time will tell. Um, but he just – just doesn't look like the kind of guy that's going to come in there and win. And, you know, one of my yeah. biggest questions is whether he can produce at Tyrod Taylor's level, uh, which is a top 13 fantasy quarterback right now. Um, yeah. So, and I, I just yeah, I agree. that happening. I, uh, I think this can hurt Brandon Cook's production. Because mm-hmm. um, I, who knows who David Mills is really comfortable with. I don't know if they're going to start running the ball more. I really don't know. I think whoever the tight end is, is going to benefit from this. I have no clue who their tight end is. But I think no, he'll benefit. I, don't either. I think probably no, yeah, probably nobody yeah. you even pick up. Yeah. Um last one, and it's not a you know guarantee that he's gonna be out for some time. But Deontay Johnson with his knee, mm-hmm. um, what could this mean for guys like Juju Smith and Chase Claypool? I think it benefits Claypool, I want to say the most. Um out of them too. I think it's been shown that Claypool's their guy, but the biggest thing with the Steelers offense, and this is how they've always done it. It's like, they always have one feature guy every week. So it's hard to get consistency out of Steelers players just because I think they change up their, their strategy in terms of who's going to get the ball the most every week. Um, yeah. and, and fantasy has shown it, you know, like a week one, you'll have Chase Claypool drop 20 week two. You'll have Juju drop 20 the week three. You'll have Deontay drop 20. Najee will drop 25 the week after that. It's really tough to gauge. Um, but taking one of those guys out of the equation makes it a little easier. And I just think Claypool's the beneficiary for me. Yeah, I think um, Johnson's the most consistent wide receiver out of the three of them. Mm-hmm. But I, I, yeah, I agree. I think Claypool's big playability will carry him over. And I think we're going to start to see 
more of the rookie Chase Claypool that we saw last season. Yeah. So I'm excited. I, I have Claypool in a few leagues. So hopefully it works out, man. So going into a little bit of a segment here, we're going to talk about a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, and a tight end that we were high on in the beginning of the season, but is falling down our own personal rankings and vice versa. Maybe those four positions that we were a little bit low on and are pretty much just telling us to shut the heck up and we are elite players. So Eddie, give me one quarterback that you were high on this season, but is drastically, maybe not drastically, but is definitely falling down your rankings. Uh, I think for me, the biggest thing was I think Aaron Rodgers was one of those guys that I valued very highly. Obviously he's still Aaron Rodgers, but that week one performance kind of put a blemish in, uh, in his fantasy value, just slightly, not enough for me to really look at it and say, wow, he is awful, but just enough to really push out, push him out of where I had him valued in terms of quarterbacks around him. So. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree to that. I mean, He's not my pick, but I can definitely see where you're at with that. Mm-hmm. My quarterback would be Matt Ryan. And don't get me wrong. I don't think Matt Ryan was a top 10 quarterback going into it, but I thought he was going to be right around that 12 to maybe 15 range. And man, dude, he just, that whole Atlanta situation, it's not pretty. And Matt Ryan is just not, he's the 28th ranked quarterback right now. He's turning the ball over. Granted, he did play against the Tampa defense, but that Tampa secondary was also hurt, mm-hmm. and he still sucked. So he's he's definitely my pick. I don't know if it's going to get any easier for him. He does play the Giants this week and Washington and the Jets. So two, you know, maybe easy defenses. So I don't really know, man, but Matt Ryan, I just – I think his MVP days are over. And I don't even think – I would say he's maybe an average quarterback at best now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's definitely mine. So, one quarterback that I was a little bit low on, and I'm definitely jumping on the bandwagon, that's Jalen Hurts, bro. Yeah. He's – doing well. Yeah, man. I mean, two big week, two big weeks in a row – I mean, I wasn't very high on him beginning of the season just because I don't think me personally I've seen enough of what he can do last year. But, I mean, he's getting week one, 62 rushing yards, week two, 82 rushing yards and a touchdown. He's not – he has he, no turnovers. I mean, he's looking good. And I definitely wish I would have had a higher ranking on him. He's the fifth-ranked quarterback at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's my pick, no question. I actually have a guy almost in the same breath as that, the number four-ranked quarterback, Daniel Jones. I had him ranked yeah. outside of the top 25. I had him like a 26, 27, nothing. I didn't really have him ranked very high. I just as a Giants fan, one, not sure if I believe in him too much. I know his talent, but just really wasn't sure what he was going to do. Quarterback four on the year. He mm-hmm. has not thrown any interceptions, through t- two touchdowns. He does have a fumble. He's passed for over 249 passing yards both of his first two games, and he's rushed for 27 in one of those and 95 in the next game. Um, And he's got two rushing touchdowns. So in total, he's got four total touchdowns on the year, 
no interceptions and one fumble. Um, he's been playing lights out. Can't say much about the team around him, but he yeah. has been playing very, very, very well football. So he's one of those guys I had ranked really low, and he's honestly killing it right now. So, Yeah, I know the big storyline going into the year is, hey, you know, the Giants went out. They got weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's time for Daniel Jones to oh, perform. And are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I heard powering off. It was one of my speakers just went off. Oh, shoot. Well, yeah. we don't have to edit that out. <laughs> yeah. No worries. I'm not very professional when it comes to that. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, he's performing, man. And I think a very underrated um, part of him is, like you mentioned, the rushing ability. Yeah, I mean, when you play against Dallas twice a year, um, I, I still don't know. I know Philly's defense is up there right now. I don't know how good they really are yet. Um, yeah, it will be interesting to see if he uh, keeps it up. No question. Um, so jumping into the running backs, one that I'm, I wasn't terribly high on him, I guess, in the beginning of the year, but I guess I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. But at this point, I just, I'm not crazy about this guy. And that's Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I just, the chiefs don't run the football, man. They're just not – It's I don't know if they're just not good at it, but he's just not looking good at all. He, yeah. You know, week one, 43 rushing yards, 14 attempts. Week two, basically the same thing, 13 attempts, 46 yards. And he only has three targets, three catches, 29 yards. I don't know, man. He disappointed me last season, and – it made me very skeptical drafting him this season. I don't, I didn't draft him, but if he fell into the right pocket, I probably would have. But I'm glad I didn't because I'm sure a lot of teams were drafting him as a RB two, and you know, depending on your strategy, maybe even RB one. And I can guarantee you, there's a lot of upset people right now. Yeah, um, yeah. For me, in terms of running back, I, I had. And I actually wasn't a huge fan of this person coming into the year because I had a feeling this was going to happen. Uh, but Alvin Kamara, um, mm. I had him ranked as my number five. And I think that for me was even a little generous uh, just because I knew that offense was going to function extremely different than with Drew Brees. And right now, Alvin Kamara is ranked as running back 21 on the year, mm. uh, which is extremely surprising. Last week's performance was abysmal. He had eight carries for five yards uh, and four catches for 25 yards for a total of seven points. Um, and his week one performance wasn't anything special either. He had 18 points, which for Camara, you'd expect them to be somewhere in the mid twenties. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where, where he'll be by the end of the year. But he's one of those guys that I had ranked higher. Um, that is disappointing a little bit, but for me, it was, it was expected somewhat, but overall, I know a lot of, individuals in fantasy had him ranked high and expected him to play at a high level. So, Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think – I don't think we're going to see the Camaro that we saw two years ago where he just wasn't good at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as the season goes, you know, he's still getting his targets, which is really cool to see. I think he's got 10 in all. Um, it is the rushing ability. I, it, who knows how good Carolina's defense is, so – I think it's, you know, it's just going to be a timetable. 
it's a huge transition with the Saints with, you know, coming from Brees to Winston. Um, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll still finish into that top 10 range. But it is, I guess, a little worrying some because I know Camaro is a lot of people's first-round pick. Yeah. And he's not performing like that. So, yeah, time will tell. Um, one running back, and I – this one, man, I – I'm just going to admit it because I was not high on this guy at all, but I'm about, I'm starting to be, and that's Chase Edmonds. Mm-hmm. He He's making me swallow my words pretty well. I mean, he's got nine targets and he's caught every single target. He's behind possibly the most dynamic quarterback right now in Kyler Murray. He's his rushing attempts are still low. Like I thought they would be, but it's almost like it doesn't really even matter because he's getting huge chunk of yards every time yeah. he runs the ball. Uh, you know, week one, 14.6 points. Week two, 12.5 points. And he's not scoring. He hasn't scored yet. But I think this is right around exactly what we're going to be seeing out of Chase Edmonds into that 12 to 15 point range. And I don't think you can really complain when he's probably on most teams as high as RB2 or a flex, and you really can't ask for a whole lot much more, huh? Nope. No, he's the 19th-ranked running back. I mean, Chase Edmonds, I'm sorry I doubted you. And I actually traded for Edmonds in one league. I traded James Robinson, who's been a total bust. I should have brought him up over Edwards Lair, but I traded Robinson and I think maybe Emmanuel Sanders for Edmonds, and I'm not looking back on it. I think Edmonds is going to be a pretty solid running back all season. Yeah. So what's one running back you're higher on now? I think I'm higher on the number six ranked running back right now in DeAndre Swift. Mm. Uh, Coming into the year, wasn't a big fan of him. I had him ranked as my 17th overall running back uh, right behind, right in front of Clyde, which Clyde is staying true to his value, not doing very well. Uh, But Swift has taken a big jump from where I had him projected. He's the number six right now. The, the Lions have shown the ability to want to get him the ball in the passing game tremendously. I mean, he had 11 targets in week one for eight catches and five targets for four catches in week two. Uh, he's had a total of 106 receiving yards and about 70, 79, 78 uh, rushing yards. So mm-hmm. uh, close to 200 yards all purpose. And he's just been killing it so far with uh, with a touchdown in his first game. So I think DeAndre Swift has seen an increased production over there. And, uh, yeah, he's he's been doing really well. Yeah, yeah, I, I can definitely agree. I think they're going to be playing catch-up a lot in their games too. So, I mean, he's going to get the targets. Yeah. Um, so going into the wideouts, what's one wideout that you were high on that's kind of falling down your rankings? There's there's a couple guys that I was looking at that really surprising me that are dropping down a little bit more. Um, and Justin Jefferson right now hasn't been performing exceptionally well. Had him ranked pretty high. Um, had him at my number four wide receiver. And right now he's wide receiver 26. Uh, not doing very great. I mean, he has 30 fantasy points. Um we do have a couple guys ahead of him that have had some explosive weeks, which really sets apart 
the the difference between them. But yeah, Justin Jefferson just not performing at the level that I would have expected him to perform at. Um, but I, I'm not sure if I expect that to be sustainable for very long, even though Adam Thielen is doing tremendous. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think one guy that I'm a little bit down on this season, but I think all in all he'll still be fine and it's another big-time guy, and that's DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still pretty – well, week one he had five targets for four catches and a touchdown. Week two against Tennessee at 11 targets, only six catches. So I think he'll be fine. I just – and I'll briefly talk about him here in a second, but his counterpart, Tyler Lockett, it's just it's he's taking everything away from DK. Yeah, but it could be just one of those few week stretches where you know defenses are doubling DK, and that's just completely allowing Tyler Lockett to get open. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess he'd be falling down a little bit for me. Uh, and then like I just mentioned, I think one guy that I was a little low on that I'm definitely jumping on the bandwagon that's Tyler Lockett. You know, I think it's going to be just a common theme with these two guys. DK's the more imposing, big-time, huge wide receiver where I think he's going to demand more double coverage. And that's just going to leave Tyler Lockett wide – well, not wide open, but many times single coverage. And he's got the speed. He's got that deep ball connection with Russell Wilson. It's probably – Maybe outside of Mahomes and Hill, the best deep ball connection in fantasy and we're just in football in general. So if I'm any fantasy owner, man, I would definitely try to get the pair of them because I think DK is going to have his big weeks. But, man, dude, if he if Lockett or if uh, Metcalf's not having that big game, you already know that Lockett's going to be getting the points. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's my guy. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. It's a guy that you mentioned. So I have right now, these are my wide receiver rankings for those these four players. And by the four, I mean Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, DK Metcalf, and Lockett. Mm. So I had Jefferson at four and Metcalf at five. I had Tyler Lockett at 15, Adam Thielen at 16. And so wow. far this year, those have completely flip-flopped. Um, obviously, JJ and DK are around the 15, 16 mark and Lockett and Thielen are in the, in the four and five mark and even top three. Um, yeah. So completely flip flop for me. And, and the guy that I was actually going to mention that I wasn't very high on that's doing very well is Adam Thielen. Um, again, like I mentioned coming into the year, I had him ranked as my wide receiver 16 and he's come in and he's absolutely taken over every opportunity he's had with that offense and he's done really well um again is it sustainable who knows if they start double teaming him obviously justin will get a share of those targets um but again it's it's adam thielen has has surprised me and he's gotten the ball a lot in the past couple weeks yeah i think i think as a fantasy owner if you own one of them I think you definitely should be trying to get the other pair because it's just, I think it really just calls upon the whole week and who has the bigger week. But like, like we've been talking about, if Justin Jefferson and DK are getting double covered, that's going to leave Thaline and Lockett on single coverage Mm -hmm. or vice versa. You know, once defenses are like, 
oh shit, you know, we got to start paying more attention to Thaline and Lockett. Well, guess what? That's going to get you the production that DK and Justin Jefferson are meant to have and what you drafted for. Yeah. So I think it's definitely, how do I, you know, I don't want to say too important, but it's in your best interest, I think, to try to get both of them. No question. Yeah. So last position, tight end. And it's kind of hard to say, like, who you're high on, but it's falling down your rankings. But I, because I think the tight ends are basically panning out the way everybody thought they were. I mean, Kelsey Waller. There's one guy in particular that does fit that mold for me. Okay. And I think I know who it is. It's Kittle. I mean, yeah. the guy came in as a top three tight end, and he always is. And I, it, I think it's it's a, like an Aaron Rodgers effect. I think he's just had a poor couple of weeks, but once he gets back into the role of things, I think he'll be just fine. Um, mm-hmm. Well, tight end ten, number 12 is where Kittle's sitting at. And in most other positions, there's not a very drastic difference between number one and number 12. I mean, there is a difference, but not as drastic as it usually is with tight ends. Um, yeah. But again, tight end 12, he only has 17 points, where tight end one has 50 points. Um, oh, yeah. It's a very big difference there. He's usually within the top three, um, and he's just not performing at that level right now, which is a little disappointing. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree on that. I think he was consensus, you know, third tight end being drafted in most leagues. Maybe a Kyle Pitts, you know, maybe jumping up a little bit, but. I think, like you said, I think it could just be that Aaron Rodgers effect. And he's just, he was hurt a good chunk of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think, too, when and if Trey Lance does become the quarterback, that's going to be a huge, huge, huge thing for George Kittle. Yeah, I think you'll see. Because more. They're, yeah, because Kittle or um, Shanahan is prone to doing these funky fancy trick plays and i think with lance it's just going to be even more amplified yeah and kittle is the, i think i still think kittle's the most all-around best tight end in the league and i think we're going to see a little bit more action out of kittle if lance does become the quarterback but yeah i really can't disagree yeah. on that i mean i hope we he, do because i have him in a couple leagues so i need kittle yeah. to step it up man yeah i mean i can't he's probably my pick if there's anybody else I would mention, it's probably Mark Andrews. Yeah. Um, he's a 17th ranked tight end, 15.7 points. And he was probably into anywhere from that four to six range of which tight ends are drafted. Um, he's was always Lamar's top target. And right now he has eight targets or 10 targets, eight touchdowns, or, oh my God, eight catches. Um, We'll see how he goes. I know it looks like the Raiders' defense is better than we thought. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. He's got a he's got a Detroit week coming up, so I think we're going to see a little bit more of a um, representation of what he's going to be. And yeah, I mean, we'll see he, those two definitely. But one tight end, I'm starting to. I wasn't low on him, but he is flying, flying up my rankings. And that's Rob Gronkowski, bro. Oh, yeah. I think we're seeing the old Gronk. He's bigger. He looks stronger. He's got a whole nother year of just preseason and just honestly just training 
to be an NFL tight end. Because, I mean, his first year in Tampa. He just came back. Yeah. He just came back. Yeah. And now this year coming off a Super Bowl victory, a whole offseason of just getting bigger and stronger. I don't think it's a question. I I think Kelsey's still going to be the tight end one, but I think this is Gronk's tight end two spot to lose. He's yeah. nuts. He's yeah. got already four touchdowns, you know, 13 targets, eight catches. I, he, Yeah, he's flying on my radar. Yeah, I, I had the same guy. I had him ranked as my tight end 13 coming into the year. Um, and he's just been – outperforming every expectation that I had for him. And like you mentioned, I think it makes a big difference. He had a full off season to prepare and get back into football shape. I think some people don't realize the kind of work it takes to get into football shape, uh, especially for a professional athlete of this caliber. So with him having the time to really get back into shape and, and get his mind back on football, it's going to be a scary sight. Yeah. I think it's the same thing with Jamar Chase. I mean, he had that whole year of just not playing football because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Probably just had a rusty preseason. And he he's playing like the player that we all thought. I think Joe Burrow is going to be in that same um, category where, you know, had got hurt last season, right around midseason. I think he'll get better as the week goes. But, yeah, man, I mean, I, I remember just seeing Gronk week two. And I'm like, holy fuck, dude. Yeah. He looks huge. He's catching touchdowns. He's scoring. I mean. Man, just you, playing if, some football, man. He's Yeah, man. When Tampa's in the red zone, you can almost guarantee he's getting that ball. Yeah. More or less. Yeah. So I, I think it's like a 60-40 split. I'd even go 70-30 split between him and Evans. And yeah. he's got 70%. Honestly, man, I would trade for almost any Tampa Bay player right now. And that's even Leonard Fournette. I don't – Tom Brady just – he – I don't even really know what to say about the man. He's just – he's he's a nut. It's a goat. Yeah, he is the goat. No question about it. But that's our little segment. We're, we're going to go into week three a little bit, and then we'll wrap it up. So week three, we have some pretty solid matchups, I think. Mm-hmm. Me and you, Eddie. Yes. It's going to be a big week. Uh, we'll save that one for the end. Just, just to be like that. So going into week three, we have a draft to remember, AKA Sean versus Benny Harris. We have a pretty, wow. Holy shit. We have a really close matchup with this one. Uh, Sean only projected to win by 0.3 points over Benny Harris. Um, I'm just going to go off the record and whew, that's. I think with the addition now, we'll talk about this trade in our next week's podcast, but with the addition of a Matt Stafford and an Austin Eckler that Sean just got, I think if Josh Jacobs is healthy and he plays, I'm going to have to go with Sean on this one. Yeah. Sean, he's coming off a big, Big uh, week two win, and Benny Harris with Ryan Tannehill against a solid Colts defense, um, and Kirk Cousins against Seattle. I, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Sean on this one. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm also gonna go with Sean. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep these a little bit quick fire. 
here, yeah. but yeah, Sean for me is, yeah, no is the guy. So we have a brother versus brother matchup, Todd versus Scott. Ooh. I think mm, not this week. We've got a uh, Nick versus Todd this week. Oh shoot. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yeah. My fault. So we actually have a uncle and a nephew playing each other. Yes. So that's even more interesting. Um I think I'm gonna have to go with Todd on this one. I was high on his team in the beginning of the year. He's two and oh. Huge week by Aaron Jones. Tom Brady against the Rams, which is going to be a tough matchup. Don't get me wrong. But like we mentioned, Lockett's been on fire. Devontae Adams, he has Darren Waller. I mean, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Todd on this one. Yeah, this is a tough one for me. And I'm, I'm actually going to go with Nick on this one. I think the running backs will make the difference. I think Clyde will hit his stride this week and uh, kind of get back to, to a better performance than what he's been giving us. Um, so... Yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Nick. It's a tough one because obviously Todd has a lot of big hitters on his team. Uh, yeah, but I think teams, I think Nick's team will pull this off. Gotcha. Next matchup: My House Dackleberries versus Team Thanks a Lot. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with My House Dackleberries. I mean, Dylan's team, and I forgot to talk about this segment, and I'll just quickly mention it. It was basically. Which teams, maybe 0-2, 1-1, are teams that should be making moves to better their teams? And I definitely think Dylan needs to start doing something. Yeah. His flex spots scare me with the Corey Aves and Emmanuel Sanders. Um, Antonio Gibson's kind of underperforming. Big Ben is your QB1. And then Zach Wilson as your potential super flex. He's not even starting Zach Wilson as his super flex. I think Dylan definitely has to start making moves now. And on that note, I'm definitely going to have to pick Dakota on this one. Yeah, I think this one's one of the easier decisions for me, and I'm also going to go with Dakota. Yeah. Nothing much more to say about that. Yeah. Chase Young Kids, Jacob versus You Teach Me to Football, Dylan Gerlock. This is a tough one, too. Um, but I'm going to have to pick Jake on this one. I think the combination of a McCaffrey and a Derrick Henry, especially McCaffrey going up against Houston, it is a bit of a question mark if Tua does come back. Well, no. Okay, sorry. Jacob hasn't changed his lineup. But regardless, I still think I'm going to have to go with Jacob on this because Trevor Lawrence doesn't really surprise me to have a big game against Arizona, who's been just looking great lately. Um, and I don't think we're going to be seeing a Hollywood Brown and Cooks at least going forward now, putting up 20-plus points. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Jake on this one. Yeah, this one's a tough one for me just because, obviously, Jake has a hole in his lineup right now at his offensive player position. Yeah. Um, but he does have some players that he can plug and play with and, and really get that situation figured out. Yeah. Um, and if, if he puts any one of those guys in that spot, I think they'll do, they'll do just fine. So, I, I am going to take Jake on this one. Yeah, I, I would say he – most likely he would put a Henry Ruggs in there, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So we have team Nakapa. Uh, oh my God. Nakapa, whatever. Scott. Just go with Team Naka. Team Naka. There you go. Versus bad at fantasy, Nate. This matchup I'm excited to see. These yes. are two guys that are very 
I think, very good in fantasy football. They both have really solid teams. This is a really tough matchup. Uh, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to go with Scott just based off of his quarterbacks. Herbert against the Chiefs, I think that's gonna be a high flying game. Jalen Hurts against Dallas, you know that's gonna be a big time game with the Eagles and the Cowboys versus Nate, where he does have a Lamar Jackson against Detroit. I expect to have a big game, but he's got the rookie Justin Fields going up against Cleveland. And who knows how Fields is going to be. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Scott. Purely just based off, I like this quarterback matchup a little bit more. Yeah, I can respect that 100%. I think uh, they both have some question marks in their lineups that I don't really like. Allen Robinson, Juju's done all right. He had a pretty good week last week with 16 points. Um, just question marks all over the board. Um Justin Fields is another big one. I think Carolina's defense will probably put up about 25 points this week. <laughs> so, wow. uh, yeah, I'm going to have to take Nate here. And I honestly think the defense, which might be weird to say, I think the defense will really make a big difference. Obviously, you have the Buffalo Bills versus the Washington football team and Tyler Heineke. So I think yeah. their defenses will both perform extremely well. Um but I do, I do expect Heineke to, to keep it in wraps a little bit more than I expect Davis Mills to do against the Carolina's defense. So I'm going to take Nick here. I mean, not Nick. Nate, apologies. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a close one for sure. No no question on that. Last matchup, and that's our matchup, Eddie. It's it's close one too. Yeah. You're projected to win by about a little over five points. I'll let you make the prediction first. I mean, I'm going to go with me. Obviously, yeah. uh, come on now. <laughs> now, but for I'm real, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll have to pick myself too on this, but I'll go ahead. Give me your reasoning. I, I think it'll be a really close matchup. Um, I think that my defense will probably end up making the difference. I actually just switched them out because I, I acquired the Raiders defense versus the Miami Dolphins and Jacoby Brissett. I expect the Raiders to absolutely have a field day against Brissett. Um, and just some of my other weapons, I, I think Kittle will get right back into stride this upcoming week. I don't expect them to to have a down week like he did before. And just some of my other pieces that I have around my team, I'm, I'm really happy with. And I think we'll, we'll get the job done. Not not to say anything against your team. You do have some great people. But again, Saquon Barkley is a really big question mark. Will Fuller's another question mark. Uh, how will yeah. Odell do? Um, will Joe Burrow stay alive? It's just right. there's some question marks on that side that, not a hundred percent certain on. So that's why I got my yeah, team. I agree. I mean, everything you just said makes sense. Um, I was considering maybe picking up another defense because I know the Rams are playing Tampa, mm-hmm. but there's just, there's really no defenses to, I could pick up the giants against the worst offense in Atlanta. But again, if, if Atlanta has a click week, that's, I might as well just take the risk and go with the Rams D. But like you mentioned, Burrow against the Steelers, that's going to be tough. And there's huge question marks all across my board, especially with T. Higgins. Um, I'm going to have to pick myself, though. No doubt about it. I mean yeah. – You got to go with yourself. Yeah, Russell Wilson yeah. against Minnesota. Najee, I think he's going to get better playing against a mid-level Cincinnati defense. Saquon against Atlanta, where we just saw Leonard Fournette have a – you know, bunch of catch- a bunch mm-hmm. of catches, 
in Atlanta. So I think there's no reason you can't say that uh, Saquon can't do the same. And I think it's going to be a big welcome back, Odell Beckham, this week. Yeah. Yeah, I respect that. Yeah. I mean, considering that Antonio Brown just got COVID, I'm pretty happy with the flex spots that I've got going on right now. I still got two great – I'm not going to talk about my team anymore. I'm going to beat you. We're going to see how it goes. (laughs) Hey, I respect it. I respect it. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, on that note, that is our week two podcast. Next week, we are wanting to bring on a guest. If you would like to uh, be a part of it, please get a hold of me or Eddie, and we are more than welcome to get you on board. We will most likely, hopefully – be recording our next podcast Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you want to join, please by all means. And I'm not totally against bringing on two people. If it's a little bit of a longer podcast, that's okay. But on that note, Eddie, thanks for having us or having me. Yeah, whatever. It's early, but <laughs> bring on week two or week three, and I will talk to you guys later. Yeah, y'all have a good one. Appreciate it, and thank you for listening to the podcast. Peace out.